What's up? Welcome to Tide Sessions, a podcast about water sports. I'm Mike and this is Mel. We're both super passionate about the water and together we co-founded a kite surfing school called Tide Water Sports. On this podcast, we're going to be chatting to athletes, founders and other rad people who also love being in, on or under the water. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we did. In today's episode, we talk to Rui Merrells. Rui is an all-around waterman, but these days he mainly races on jet surf boards, kite surfs and wakeboards. We chat to him about his experience traveling around the globe to race, why he loves motor surfing so much, and what his plans for the future competitions are. We also talk about his love of wakeboarding, why he thinks the new White Mills wake part is top-notch, and what other water sports he'd like to try. We love catching up with Rui, and we hope you'll enjoy this conversation too. Here it is. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Hi. We yeah. can hear you, Rui. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. How are you? Yeah, I'm Ooh. okay. Just got in from a session. Uh, went for a little kite sesh down in uh, Pegwell. Um, oh, nice. Any good? It was actually quite good, actually, at the end. Uh, well, we, we were kiting in the dark as the wind picked up, but... Um, yeah, make, yeah. Make, makes the landings a bit more tricky, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, does tend to have that effect. A bit, a bit of background about yourself, Rui, for for everyone, I guess, is uh, yeah, to let us know when when you first started water sports and stuff like that. So, when, when did you first get into water sports? Uh, water sports. So, I've been into water sports for a long time now. Um, I used to sail as a kid with my parents, and uh, then had a bit of a break from it um as i was growing up and then i guess uh i got into water skiing and wakeboarding when i was about 18 uh, a friend of mine had a boat and started doing that and then uh snowboarding came on from there and kite surfing came on from that always loved wakeboarding and then um yeah kind of found these uh petrol powered surfboards and uh thought i'd give it a go and now i'm hooked yeah definitely I mean, they they look super fast. What what sort of speeds do you get up on these uh, these jet surfboards? Uh, the top speed on the ones that we race, um, the titanium jet surfboards, are is around forty mile an hour. Okay, and these are not your sort of standard sort of stock ones, are they? Uh, they're the stock racing boards um, that they use for racing, but yeah. there's a there's a range uh, of different boards that they manufacture, yeah. and uh, the sort of the race ones uh, the top fastest ones and then they do like adventure boards and stuff for uh cruising around and a bit more leisure pleasurable riding and okay. stuff like that what i was wondering about them is can can you ride them in the waves yeah yeah oh yeah you can ride them in the waves there's uh, lots of people ride them in the waves uh, my brother is very keen uh he mainly just rides waves uh with his down in pool and um, uh, a good friend of mine, Jeff Scott, he rides Nazare or Nazare, Nazare, whatever you call it, in yeah. Portugal. Um, yeah, he's ridden out there, big waves. He goes down every year, um, picks a spot. So there's some good videos of him on YouTube riding big, big waves in uh, in Portugal on the jet surfs. He's, he's oh, wow. done it with the petrol one and also the electric one that they manufacture. Is that something you want to do? Ah. Go to uh, Nazare and surf the big, uh, big waves? I I have uh, I have lots of screws loose, but not that many. <laughs> I'm with you there. That thing's a yeah. different beast. <laughs> I've never re- I've never surfed. 
so I don't, I don't, um, I don't understand it as much. I'd like to have a go, but nothing on any anything that sort of scale. I'll leave that to Jeff. He can, uh, he can carry on with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd like to try Nazare. Maybe with a kite. I think I, I'd kite around it on the outskirts of the wave just to have a little yeah. look. Uh, but that's that's about as far as I'd go. We'll get the spray yeah. from it. You get a little, bit, get of a little bit of spray it's from like, the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, like yeah. I kited yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we'll be fine with that. Just I'll just stay on land and take pictures of you yeah. doing that. That'll be fun. That's it. There's um, I will uh, I will ride the waves. Uh, my brother keeps asking me to go down. Um, is there some good swell been rolling in this week? He went out on uh, I think it was Tuesday this week, yeah. and I think he's heading out again tomorrow because um, the swell looks really good and the good thing about them is you can catch catch waves that normal surfers can't and just literally turn around buzz back out catch another one in um just ride hours amazing waves so one thing i thought which would be really cool with with that would be if you had like a little tow rope and you sort of tow foilers and stuff into waves as well as as well as catching waves and stuff like that but you could that would be a, a, an awesome craft for towing into sort of waves and stuff like that, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's um, because they're very, very light. Um, the power to weight ratio is very high for the weight that they are. They yeah. range from about 11 up to, you can get them up to about 16, 17 horsepower. Yeah. And they only, they only weigh 20 kilos because they're full, full carbon fiber. But okay. to, to be able to pull someone and get them up out of the water, you need a lot of thrust. Yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, it has been done. Uh, I think again, my friend Jeff has tried it. He's pulled someone up on his, uh, on a, on a foil yeah. and got them and yeah, you, you know, towed them along with a harness and stuff and, uh, on a foil. But I think it's a big ask for a little hundred CC engine to, uh, to pull a, a surfer up, <laughs> up out or like that. It might need a bit of help, but it's, uh, yeah, leave, they, they leave can be the done. Keys. Yeah, leave that to the jet skis. <laughs> so, is that what it is? A hundred uh, horsepower, or a hundred cc engine? You said, yeah, a hundred cc engine. Yeah, it's a small two-stroke engine that sits inside the board. Um, the board is only sort of six inches high, um, yeah. two foot wide by six foot long, yeah. um, and it weighs twenty kilos. Um, so they're yeah. they're very very light. That's why you can take them all over the world. You can fly with them. I take mine all over the world to races and stuff. Yeah. Uh, just sort of like a windsurfer baggage on on flights you just drain all the fuel out uh, keep it all nice and clean wrap it all up put the fuel tank in a separate bag and happy days yeah you're away amazing that's really cool cool so mm. yeah how, how did you how did you get into this because it's quite a niche i mean i don't know i had never heard about it before you know researching you as well um so yeah how did you first hear about this and why did you get into it I think from memory, a friend of mine sent a video to me, and I think it may be of Laird Hamilton riding one out yeah, somewhere, and he just walks, he carries it to the dock, steps off the dock, starts it up, and rides out through this little river, and then starts surfing some waves. And um, my brother is very, very into water sports. He's been into water sports for all his life um and he came he came to visit me and i was chatting with him and asked him if he'd seen them and he said yeah, yeah i've seen them i'm quite interested so we started chatting and then decided we were gonna order a couple so we uh got our heads together and just ordered a couple um and uh yeah the, the guy flew them over from the czech republic 
dropped them off to us, showed us how to use them, and then said uh, we should we should race. Um, which we didn't we didn't know there was a racing uh, scene when uh, at that point, but that opened up a whole new area of sort of interest. And I I, I love the racing side of it. I live live for the racing. I'm quite competitive with that because I've never done anything on a competitive level like that before. Um, but just kind of yeah, that's how, how I heard about it and got into it, and I'm hooked. Wow, so you, you went pretty much straight into sort of competitions, like sort of as soon as you got them, a bit of well, with a bit of training first. Yeah, I think I think we got the boards delivered. We had the boards delivered to us uh, in September of 2017 uh, or tw- 2017 or 2018, and then the following May, I think I entered my first competition in the Czech Republic. How, so how does that turn out? Yeah, not too bad. Um, it's it's a very um, because there's not many people that do it. You can't compare yourselves to anyone. So yeah. my brother and I, we'd ride and we'd race around and stuff, and we genuinely thought, oh, we're as fast as we, you can possibly be on one of these things. You know, we're going to do really, really well. And we went to went to the race in the Czech Republic, and there was I think 50, 50 riders in the first race that we were into, all separated into groups, and you qualify. And yeah, I think I was about. 10 or 15 seconds off the pace per lap um which was a big shock you know kind of that you you're doing pretty well and then all of a sudden actually these things can go really really quick with the right person on it and the right sort of riding um so so yeah did the race and then uh was hooked after that and then tried to do as many as many as we could afterwards that sounds fun but i feel like if you had been i was thinking if you had gone there and you were straight away the fastest one, and you were just winning everything, you probably would have gotten bored a bit. Because I feel like that probably made it more exciting for you. You probably were like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's what competitive people are. No, but you want to win. Michael, Michael, you want to (laughs) win once you've like worked a bit for it. If you just win straight away, I feel like it takes... It takes it away a bit. No, I don't know. What do you think, Ree? I think he agrees. So there you go. Yeah, definitely. It's... um. You know what it's like, Mike. Uh, if you kite surf and stuff, and you've been water sports, uh, doing board sports for quite a while, you know you 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 can handle a board. You understand the water. You can read the waves a bit and stuff like that. Um, when you do stuff and things, something slightly new comes along, and you can do it. Um, you do it to a level. I mean, what we found was because there was no one around us to gauge our skill level by. Um, going to the Czech Republic, which is where the sport was uh, created. And racing with the top guys in the world, and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm 40, 41 years old now, um, and I'm racing against most of the kids that are like 16, 16 years old, eighteen years old, and they they bounce and they're light and they're super super fast and they train every every um, literally every week, two two or three times a week, they have a designated track that they can train on, and I I have to go to work, <laughs> so yeah. it's very hard to compete against that. Um, but it was a big eye opener to go to the first race and see how, you know, how they should, how the boards should be ridden and what can be achieved. Yeah. So how how have you progressed since then? Then uh, since then, I have uh, yeah, I've progressed and moved up, um, moved up in different races. I've done a few races now, um, and uh, yeah, doing doing all right. Um, considering I don't have much time to train and practice. Um, as much as I would like to, uh, like the other guys, a lot of the other guys, literally they're full factory sponsored riders. Um, 
they get their boards tuned and everything and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'm doing all right. I've won a few races this year, um, and uh, I managed to get to third place in the World Cup rankings this season. So um, that was a massive achievement for me, considering I only managed to do three out of the four races. Um, that was a big, uh, big, 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 big thing. Yeah, that's amazing. So, that's really, really yeah. cool. Yeah, so I was so, so chuffed and uh, I worked worked hard for it whilst I was there. Um, obviously coming home from the races and then having to work in between and family life and stuff as well. Yeah. Um, time to do it. I'm very lucky. My, my wife lets me, uh, lets me go and train and do what I uh, do what I want to do um so she holds the fort whilst I'm gone and uh yeah I just can't can't wait for next season now just uh just be really nice to get some more more people from the UK involved nice so when does the next season start the next season um I believe the first race will probably be end of April beginning of May yeah uh, at least the the dates um or the places yet um but there'll be a world cup uh there'll be a load of world cup races probably three or four maybe even five world cup races and there'll be some european races as well which are mainly held in the czech republic um there was one in germany last year uh slovakia um and around that sort of area so I'll hit as many as I can. There is some races in America as well. They may do another leg of the American Cup next year. Nice. So, that sounds yeah, good. So you get to travel quite a lot doing this. I, I've i never travelled. Um, uh, I, I never did that thing when I left school and went travelling yeah. or anything like that. The closest I ever got to anything like that was um, my first snowboarding holiday with a friend of mine um, and been on a like two kite surfing holidays and a couple of wakeboarding holidays just down to France or Windermere. Um, so this this sport has really um, allowed me to go to places for a reason. Um, you know, to go to I've been to Mexico this year. I've been to Texas. I've been to Florida a couple of times. Um, I've been to Italy, Czech Republic, Croatia. Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's it's been amazing. Um, I've been to Abu Dhabi the year before last um and raced there that was an amazing race and yeah hopefully this year this next season will be the same we'll have several races uh in different places awesome that's so cool yeah and it's the best way to travel because you know you're going to meet people that you know love the same stuff you do and yeah it's just it's just the nicest way to travel it's like yeah. kite trips and surf trips and yeah it's been it's been amazing meeting i've met so many different people from all over the world because people from all over the world go to the races in different places so i've now got i've now got friends i've got friends in mexico i've got friends in uh czech republic i've got friends in qa i've got friends in um spain france germany um yeah all over the place and they're really nice people and i could literally ring them up and say hey i'm i'm uh gonna be in your neck of the woods um and yeah, I can meet up with them and catch up, like in America and all sorts of places. It's, it's yeah, it's really, really good. So it's a good community then, as as you go around the tracks. Yeah, fantastic community. Everyone's really, really friendly, um, really helpful, and um, it's yeah, it's wicked. There's just there's lot lots of love going on, and every everyone's there to for the same reason. Everyone's there to have fun. Everyone helps out, but yeah. there is that competitive edge where people, once you're on the track, 
it's uh there's uh there's no uh there's no no letting people pass just because you like them <laughs> so is there someone that you're like most competitive with is it your your brother or, or someone else on the track um i don't know really this this season um what they did a couple of well uh, last season they separated the uh groups so it used to be that there was only one category so no matter what board you had whether it was tuned or whether it um was a an older board or a, a slower model board you all raced in the same category yeah but last season they created what's called a stock category and an open category and basically to compete in the stock category you had to buy the latest board and every single board in the stock category is exactly the same okay so they have they're exactly the same horsepower they all come out of the factory as a stock board and the only things you can modify are things like your foot straps and the handle length and stuff like that you can't you can't change the propeller you can't tune the engine you can't um, adapt it in any way to do any modifications to it. Um, whereas the open category, um, people tune them, they tune the ACUs, they um, port the engines, they skim the head, they increase the compression ratio, make different exhausts just to try and gain that extra little bit of horsepower um, to, to be able to race. And what I did this season was swapped from the open category um, into the stock category just purely because – I didn't have the access to some of the tuning modules and things that some of the factory riders and stuff have got and um, decided that to go into the stock category, it was uh, a fairer class to go in yeah. where it's just the rider is the difference. Definitely mm. evens the playing field a bit more. Massively, yeah. Sure. Yeah, hugely. So uh, to go into that category this season, there was a lot of riders that um, – uh, really, really good riders, and um, yeah, several guys that are sort of all want to. We all want to beat each other, and we're all a similar sort of level. And you know, sometimes you have a good race, sometimes you have a bad race. But yeah, there's uh, several guys that are, uh, I think, going to be buying for my blood next season. Yeah. So I saw some of the tracks are quite different from sort of. Some of them are quite fast, where you got sort of long straights and then into turns and stuff like that, and then some of them. You don't even get to go that fast because you're constantly weaving in and out. What What would you say is a track that you prefer that you you would do better on? Um, I used to really enjoy the long, uh, straight tracks, um, just full gas uh, around. But I'm tending to find that with the stock category boards, because the boards are all exactly the same speed. Once people find their positioning on the track unless someone makes a bad mistake, there's very little room to kind of catch people up um, because everyone's of, of a similar sort of level. There's Everyone just goes round. Whereas if the track is a little bit more technical, there's some fast bits with some tight corners or um, split sections that are very tight and very technical, you tend to find that the better riders um, will be able to catch up with the with the guys that are literally riding around full gas and not not sort of um, having as much skill set as such. Yeah. Um, but one, one thing that we noticed this year was we raced on the sea quite a bit. And uh, the weather, um, yeah, is as you know, it can change. And I could have got round quicker on a kite surfboard, I think, than uh, some of the... Because <laughs> there was big, big waves rolling in and stuff like that. And most of the guys, well, a lot of the guys are used to riding on flat water on lakes. Yeah. So 
my experience of uh, riding waves bode me well in those sorts of conditions. But um, yeah, the different track, I like the different track setups. Um, so I've kind of gone from enjoying the faster tracks to actually preferring something a little bit more technical now. It'll be interesting to do a track in full-on waves. That would be very interesting. Yeah, we had uh, we had a race in Italy, uh, Rodi Garganico, this year, and we cancelled some of the heats because it started blowing sort of 25, 30 knots on shore. And it was, yeah, the, you'd go to turn a, take the corner around a marker buoy and the buoy would disappear <laughs> or, or flop over and you'd just, yeah, you'd just cream into the buoy and wipe out. So, <laughs> very very hard when you got 12 guys all trying to get around the track and all trying to take the go around the marker boys as tight as you can possibly get to get the fastest line interesting to watch though yeah very interesting (laughs) to watch i got i got completely wiped out in the final uh the first final in italy and one of the guys just literally came out and just wiped me out so i I went for the aftermath of that are you allowed to do that are you allowed to like bump into people no, no, no. It's um, that's uh, considered sort of dangerous riding. But oh, yeah. what tends to happen is because Fine. some people ride regular and some people ride goofy. You're riding back to back. So if you're if you're going for a marker boy that's on your left hand side and the other person is cutting in, they don't see you. So they just cut straight across because they're going for that marker boy the same as you are, and literally you just get wiped out. And I think I saw the picture. Is that when you had like fins going straight through your board? No, that or was, was a race. Was that a different time? That was a different time. That was a race <laughs> in uh, America. That was at Keystone Heights in Florida. Yeah. And what there was I got off, I got a good start out off the grid, um, but I was struggling getting my foot in the back binding, and I went around the the tow side turn, which is full gas. We we're all doing forty mile an hour. So there's twelve guys doing forty mile an hour on the track. Um, I got round first and I came round and started leaning over and I didn't have my toes in the back binding enough. And I started to fall over and I literally had to dive off the board and get as deep as I could because I knew that there was 10, at least 10 guys behind me um, that could hit me in the head and knock me out, you know, really cause some damage. And what happened was I dived down in the water, curled up into a ball. Um, My board obviously sort of stopped because they cut out when you fall off it stopped and went sideways and then uh, my friend from mexico just t-boned the board absolutely t-boned the board and that's what happened yeah the fin went straight into the board by six inches and uh he fell off i got back on and then uh, carried on racing and got to the end of the race and realized there was a fin six inches in in the my board which uh <laughs> wasn't wasn't very nice did was did you manage to repair that that is at the factory being repaired at the moment um, okay. because they're carbon fibre. Um, I have repaired carbon fibre before on my boards when I've had an accident like that. But um, because of the positioning that it was, I decided to send it back to the factory and um, they can do the, a real nice job of the paintwork and re-lacquer it and stuff. So you've tried the, doing the, the carbon fibre before. That must be difficult to do that. It was, um, I've never, I'd never done fiberglass in all the carbon fiber, but I, my first board that I got, I crashed into the back of a friend of mine, Josh, as we were training on the track and put a big hole in the side of it. Yeah. 
and the guys that I'd sort of learned to ride with at the time were like, oh, no, you've got to send it back. That's a new hull. Um, you know, you'll never be able to repair that. No one will be able to fix it. And I sort of took that as a bit of a challenge um, <laughs> and decided to repair it. And to be fair, like, I I, I made a, a reasonable job of it and relacquered it and uh, learned a lot from the process of doing it. Um, but, yeah, carbon fibre is a very, very hard material to work with and, and patch, patch to because of the weave pattern and stuff and the yeah. gels you use and the thousands and thousands of strands of carbon that can, like just come apart when well not come apart but when you brush the um two pack stuff on it it splays out and then it doesn't look like a nice fix it sort of yeah. goes completely black so yeah loads and loads of different things but i, I managed to repair it and it was watertight and it was strong so i was i was quite chuffed with that nice so what, what would you say is your favorite thing about motor surf I guess probably uh, probably the people and the racing itself. Um, the the people is a it's a really really good group of people um, that I've got to know over the last sort of four or five years that I've been doing it, and new people that are coming into the sport and really enjoying it, and everyone's there for the same reason. It's the same as kiting, you know. You meet a good core group of people, and all of a sudden they're sort of friends for life because you've got the same interests you're doing the same thing you share the same stoke if you do something really good um you know and everyone's genuinely happy for you if you if you win or you do very well um so yeah i'd say probably the the people in the community and of course yeah the the, the racing I, I love racing other people on the track and i i really want to succeed my goal for next season is to go for go for top place but i think next season is going to be harder than this season to be honest so how do you think you can improve then to actually get that top space actually train <laughs> yeah uh that's uh that's going to be my main uh my main goal for this year i've been so so busy with work um that i haven't had time to train a lot um and also i i did do a lot of races this year i did seven races i had seven trips away this year um so that kind of took away my practice time. So the time that I was at races was my practice time, um, ready for the next one. Yeah. So that is that is the best uh, best way to train for me and practice is to race with other people because there's only a few riders in this country and it's hard to get everyone together and meet up at the lake in Bedfordshire that we yeah. train on. It's all about racing experience, I guess, isn't it? So like the more the more you do it, the more you're going to be improving. It is, it is, uh, yeah, completely. I mean, you probably understand it's a similar sort of thing, like I guess the foil racing with the kites and stuff like that. You know, the more times you do it, the more you learn about how to stay out of people's way and how to take the corners and how to increase your speed in different areas of um, the track and, you know, how you can just tweak those finer things. And the main thing for me was um, fatigue. Um, you know, I understand it all and I can ride but if you go from not riding for two or three weeks or four weeks or whatever and then you go to a full-on race straight away basically because it's it's three three or four full-on days of racing um and practicing and training and uh, uh qualification and stuff all of a sudden your legs are going I, I don't want to don't want to don't want to play ball um so it fatigue was a big problem for me um but the more that I did um 
towards the end of the season, the 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 more comfortable I was on my board, and um, you know found that it was the last race so I could have uh, could have raced more more laps. Uh, I didn't get that tired, which was really good for me. Nice. So some gym work could help. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things though that uh, going to the gym. I, I hate going to the gym. I've never been to the gym really Same. ever. <laughs> the, only, the only thing I do is kite surf or work. Um, and the going to the cable park for me, like that's just open recently, hopefully will help my fatigue and my and my leg strength um, ready for next season. That's what I'm hoping. That's why I'm uh, trying to get down there as much as I can. For sure, I think yeah, I think the cable park is a great place to train because uh, I was absolutely shattered after that time where I saw you there. Um, I bet you were first go, wasn't it? I couldn't, I couldn't lift my arms above my head for like five days. Yeah, you complain about it for a long time. Yeah, I think my legs are okay because my legs are like quite sort of conditioned for that sort of stuff with kiteboarding. But yeah, my arms just yeah definitely took a beating. But super fun, yeah. super super fun. I really enjoy it. I'm heading down there tomorrow on Saturday if you want to join. Oh, I might have to do that. Yeah, yeah tomorrow to. afternoon and Saturday afternoon. Nice. So how did you get into wakeboarding then? When did you fall in w- love with that? Wakeboarding, I started originally. Um, the guy that was my supervisor when I started my apprenticeship when I was 16, he had a boat and I got to know him pretty well. And uh, he said, why don't you come out and try water skiing? So I went down off Whitstable, I think this time I was about 17 or 18, and uh, went learned to water ski, had some fun on that, and he pulled out this thing from the boat. He said, look, I've got this thing called a wakeboard. It's got a pointy end on it, three fins at the back like a surfboard and a pair of foot straps on it. I said, yeah, I fancy a go on that, and had a go on that, and because you could jump with it, as in hit the wake of the boat and jump, I was completely hooked. I used to ride BMX as a kid and always like dirt jumping was my thing. Like I love, absolutely love riding dirt trails and stuff like that. So to then go onto water, when you fall off, yeah, it gives you a bit of a smack, but it doesn't smash your face to pieces um, was a, was a bonus. And then, so wakeboarding became something that I really enjoyed. And then I got my own boat uh, a couple of years later and um yeah i had boats until i was yeah until a couple of years ago um so yeah always enjoyed it but to have the cable park open up down 20 minutes down the road from me now is a is a dream come true it just would have been nice to have it 20 years ago when i was young (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) it is very intense isn't it on the body i feel like it's definitely more intense than kiting i mean it depends how you kite yeah if you go in a storm and but if you, you know, if you're a fair weather kiter compared to wakeboarding, wakeboarding is just quite, I don't know, I was watching you, you know, do like, um, well, they're not back rolls, are they? But um, just jumping and you can see like the shock on the knees. I mean, my knees are really yeah. bad. So I guess I just focus on that. I'm like, oh my God. But yeah, it looks fun. Still need to go. That's one thing with wakeboarding is it does does shock the knees a bit, right? It does, um, yeah, it's, it is very harsh. And as you say, your arms, you literally, with a kite, you can rest back in the harness, you can sail the kite with two fingers. Um, but wakeboarding is like riding kite surf unhooked, but for two hours, just going round and round and round. So you're literally being dragged dragged along. And when you start sort of hitting air tricks and stuff like that, using the pop of the cable to release and create 
lift uh it literally yeah it absolutely wrecks your body ruins your body and it, it keeps you very fit and strong and it's really good training for freestyle it is really good fra- training for freestyle and i love my kite surf freestyle that's what i live for um yeah. you know i know you boys like your big air big air warriors you know chasing everything and uh jumping to the moon and back um i do enjoy that but like the freestyle on the kites is i i really enjoy that and uh, a lot of that's helped cross over on the cable park and um yeah and riding riding uh, jet surfing as well is sort of the board skills and stuff are really you know it all helps all time on the water that's all it is right that's exactly it mate yeah no matter what it is no matter whether it's a wakeboard kite surf jet surf surfboard yeah get on the water have you have you tried much surfing before? No, I had the only time I've ever tried surfing was on a friend of mine, Stagdo. We went to Newquay and hired some foamies. Um, no, tell a lie. Uh, yeah, we did that. And then um, when I was in Florida a couple of years ago, I went to Cocoa Beach and hired a surfboard and uh, went went far enough out that the lifeguard came out and sat next to us for a bit myself and my friend Luke because they thought we didn't know what we were up to but we managed to ride a few waves in and uh, stand up and get get going and uh, make it look like we could at least do it a bit nice redemption <laughs> well did they just paddle out and sat there in the waves looking half looking at you and didn't say anything did they say something no, no not really we, we, we went up to the lifeguard hut and it was like hey man how you doing with these two huge foam boards, mm. uh, is there anything we need to watch out for here? Blah 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 blah. And they're like, no, no, you can go wherever. So we went straight out the back, and it was quite big. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, Luke and I sat there. We were getting like, yeah, beasted several times, but we caught a few waves in. But I stupidly, um, not knowing about surfboards and stuff like that, just in a pair of board shorts, no rash vest, nothing like that. And uh, bearing in mind this was a. Uh, uh, whilst I was racing in America, I suddenly realised after about an hour or two hours surfing on the water that I had like grazed literally all my chest yeah. on the board. The sand and the wax and everything on the board literally mm. was red raw. My whole chest was red raw. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. trying a shorty in South Africa, and I was like, never again. And my <laughs> like, it was when I was learning. So yeah, my legs were just need a layer of neoprene yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought I was being cool in just a pair of boardies, mm. uh, but my friend Luke was like, "No, you need a rash vest." And he was he was away, but yeah, my nipples were sore for weeks. You'll you'll have to come for a surf with us <laughs> over at Joss Bay. Oh, mate, I'd love to. There's so much I would love to do, but for me, it's it's time. Yeah. And uh, another thing that I've I've sort of found out, I took I bought a, a wing foil earlier this year, nice. uh, and tried it i did it been on it like six or seven times but just having the time to be able to go that works with the tide and the wind direction and being able to learn and sort of like maybe having someone to go with has just been it's just been non-existent i haven't been able to to do it um and that's another reason why the jet surfing for me is is so good because i literally arrange to do it i go and i do it yeah that's 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 what's happening. You're you not standing on the, about the wind. It's 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 going to come up in a minute. Oh yeah, tides dropped. Oh, we got to go over here. We got to go over there. Um, so yeah, so that's that's been put to the back of the shed now. The wing foil. Um, well, you but, can, yeah. you can still get it out and come with me because I'm I'm the same. I've got one now and I've I've had like 
five or six sessions now. So probably yeah. about the same as you. So it'd be good. Yeah. It'd be good to get out with you. Yeah, mate, I'd, I'd love that. Yeah, it's just it's um for me the main. I mean, I enjoy doing the water sports, but if there's no one else going, I'm not really interested because yeah. for me it's a social thing. I like yeah. to go and watch people. I like to go and uh when when we go kite surfing off the street you know yourself you go with the lads and stuff you're egging each other on you're messing around you're splashing each other you're like taking the mick out of each other uh you're you know you're just having a really wicked time and if if that sort of isn't there for me i'm not really too bothered about going yeah um it's so funny because i'm exactly like you like 100 percent. but mike isn't like he will go on his own and I'm always like, because obviously we've got a toddler now, so we have to, we don't, we can't really kite together. It's rare. So he'll go with everyone, like all our friends. And then the next day, oh, you can go now. It's like, what am I going to go with? Just on my oh, own. <laughs> what, how is that going to be fun? Just, I'm just going to do cool jumps. Nobody to see it. That's like I've not done anything. So yeah, I, get, I mean, it's not even just that, but I just, yeah. I'm the same. I think it's such a social thing and it's so fun to kite with other people and laugh at them. Like, it's yeah, it's just the best. It's such, such a cool it, it is it's the same as the jet surfing. I I never go out on my own. Yeah. Just yeah. just because it's it's it for me that's not what it's about. Like to go to the track and meet up with several other guys and girls and just race around the track together. Come in, have a chat, have a drink, have a bite to eat, then go out and do it all again until you're knackered or whatever, and then yeah, you go home. It's it's wicked. Nice to catch up with people. The social side of it means means as much as the riding side to me yeah yeah same i guess that's why um white mills is nice as well even when we came to see you or like when we went back it's so nice because it's kind of a small you know it's like a nice place you can grab food you can watch you can like it's so easy isn't it compared to when we go kiting somewhere weird and lost in the middle of nowhere yeah i mean that that place is uh is an absolute um you know gold mine as such now it's a perfect perfect setup they've done so so well down there to get it set up and if i if i if i could get a jet surf race on the lake there move all the obstacles around for for a weekend it would be amazing but um i don't think that i don't think that's gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) well they've taken out the uh the water park now so you can just go around that little one it's very Uh, yeah yeah. yeah, 40 mile an hour in circles um, <laughs> makes you go dizzy after a while. You, you could do loads of like wave and turns and practice those tight tracks. I could do. It's not quite big enough for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, yeah, it's all... have you ever taken it out down uh, Pegwell Bay or up at Whitstable and tried to like make a track up there? Yeah, at Whitstable, um, I have set out some marker boys um, on the mud flats at low tide. Like walked out with my wellies and some concrete blocks and some rope and some uh, uh, slalom boys. Set up a track, wait for the tide to come in, and then yeah, go and ride on it. That's that's good. Um, we did that quite a lot. Um, one year, a friend of mine who also has a jet surf down at Sea Salter, he lives on the beach there, so we did that a lot uh, one summer. So that was uh, that was perfect training. Really, really good. And um, yeah, so we can can do it. I did. Uh, I met up with a guy that had got a different brand of jet surfboard or a jet surfboard. Um, I can't remember his name now, but he was um, he was doing some lessons and stuff with them off of Ramsgate and in Whitstable and places. Um, I haven't heard from him in a little while, so it was good to meet up with someone else that was interested in it and doing it. But he was he was a bit more of a 
you know, he just liked to cruise around on it and teach people, you know, he wasn't interested in racing them or anything like that. Is he called Nicholas? Uh, I can't remember, to be honest mm. with you. He, um, yeah, I feel like I know, a friend, like a girl I know, a partner, I feel like he's doing it as well. And he's around there, then like Ramsgate. So, and I, yeah. it's probably him because I don't think there's many people doing it, right? You said, so. No, there isn't, unfortunately. Um, but my, um, my brother is just about to um, become the uh, UK um, network for jet surf. Um, so all board sales and everything and repair work and community will be centred around him down in Paul, um, which I'm sort of helping him out with um, anything, he, anything, he, you know, I, need, I can help him with sort of promoting it or anything like that, um, getting people involved. And obviously I love, love telling telling people about it and getting people to you know a bit more involved in it and uh wanting to wanting to try it and and do it well that must be an awesome spot for it as well because you've got pool harbour which is a lovely flat water spot oh yeah yeah it's uh he's got the waves on one side and um yeah the harbour on the on the other side and it's um you know there's lots of water sports going on down there it's a beautiful place and the, the summer down there is absolutely amazing loads and loads of people so hopefully yeah next year we can uh create a create a, a lot more interest in the in the country and um spread the word nice yeah that's nice and i feel like also there's like a nice wrench to it it's like some people could just like be chill and cruise around and it's not too you know it's not too physical probably not as physical as when you're like racing around like you said so it's nice you can kind of appeal to different you know types of people yes it's it's very very variable you can literally it's like kiting you you know you can do take it or leave it you can go as as hard or as soft as you like i mean there's lots of people that just have them and they enjoy riding around the coast they go on trips and stuff like that uh you get people like jeff that want to literally just want to ride them in waves and they enjoy riding them in uh surf and just yeah and stuff like that we've got some really good friends over in um orange county in uh america and they love riding the waves and they love jumping the waves and stuff like that some really really cool guys over there and then you get people like me that i love i love to race but also myself and jeff we've come up with harebrained schemes we've built a floating ramp and sent them over a ramp um nice. and stuff that uh there's a guy um out in czech republic that is um he does a bit of freestyle on him he's made a grind rail and he sort of ollies onto ollies onto a bit of an inflatable grind rail and slides like butter slides along it 50 50s and a bit more skateboardy style um nice. so there's lots of different options of things and people you know what what can and can't be done with them and some of the range of boards have got an extra fuel tank on so you can go on adventures with them you know, you can strap some stuff to the front and go, depending on where you are in the world, you can go around different islands, a bit of island hopping, you know, with extra fuel, because they'll go a long way. Um, you get about an hour's riding on a standard tank um, and, you know, at sort of 30 mile an hour, 20 mile an hour, you can cover quite a lot of distance. Yeah, you can really go somewhere on them. Yeah, definitely. I wonder if you could get like a massive backpack tank. You can just go for days. Yeah, probably. There's no reason, no reason why you couldn't. Um, I think the only thing letting you down there would be your legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we need you need to beat the world record or something like that of like the furthest distance done on a jet surf. 
Mark, I don't know if there's anything being set yet, but I speak to a lot of the guys and girls on the forums and stuff like that um, and the community and uh, some friends of mine have managed something like 20, 25 miles because, you know, it's that classic thing. We've all got together and gone, we should go across the channel. Yeah. Like that, you know, that's the first thing. It's like, right, yeah, we need to go across the channel. But then people like uh, Jeff's done it. He's made uh, extra fuel tanks and stuff, and he's gone on excursions. He lives in, uh, where does he live? Uh, Hove, near Hove, Eastbourne, sorry. Yeah, he lives in Eastbourne, and he's gone along the coast for miles and miles and miles, hours and hours and hours, and refueled and then come back again and stuff. So, yeah, they've, they've gone a long way, and I've got another friend in uh, Mersey, uh, in Essex, uh, Bryn, he loves to go on adventures and yeah, it just goes for hours and hours, just long distance riding. Um, so there, there'll definitely be some things that you can, that um, can be done and uh, some, probably some records set and broken um, with them, but it'd just be nice to get, because it's a very, like you say, it's, it's niche and not many people know about it. We're just really trying to sort of get a bit more, uh, a bit well, a bit more well known with it yeah. really. Um, to promote it and get more people involved and interested. See some crazy stuff on Instagram. When <laughs> my trouble is is time. I am yeah. not very tech savvy. You, you should have seen me trying to get this Zoom meeting set up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, I, I do need to um, promote stuff on Instagram, but I'm not very good at sort of self promotion. I like to go and enjoy what I like to do. Yeah, and everyone. Is, you know, you need to put it on Instagram, put all your put all your results on, put you know, do some let people know how you're getting on and stuff like that. But when I'm doing races and stuff, I want to focus on the racing and enjoying the time um with the people and the racing and stuff, rather than stick, sticking something on my phone every ten minutes or getting at the end of the day and thinking, Oh, I need to upload a story and yeah, blah, yeah. blah blah blah. I need a PA, I need someone to do it for me. That's what I need. I'll I'll show you some tricks, all right? What do you yeah. mean? I, 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 you do I was, no social media. I do all social media. I've been making some reels, Mel. Okay, you did one reel. <laughs> I do all the social media. Been, I've been trying will, to get my head around reels. Um, yes, difficult. sure. Okay. Okay, Oof. no, very important question now. When you went to Florida, did you see any crocodiles or sharks? <laughs> you love asking this question. There was, shark, there was some sharks spotted out, actually, when we were surfing. Um, they nice. called everyone in. Uh, on Cocoa oh, really? Beach. My sharks were uh, there. I don't know what they were. The lifeguards just called us all in. It might have just been minor loops, sketchy surfing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there was uh, there was some down on the beach by the pier there. Um, and yeah, the lake, uh, lots of the lakes and stuff in uh, Florida that we jet surf on have uh, crocs okay. in. Um, in Orlando, when we were jet surfing, we were all stood on the side. We were having a bit of a break, and uh, the guy who owned the lake ran over to the boat and um, uh, with his, his boat hook and hit a snake on the head, dragged it out of the water and killed it. I said, oh, well, why, why did you why did you kill that snake? You know, surely it's like, it's a lovely animal. And he went, that'll kill you. Yeah. Just straight, straight up, that'll kill you. If that bites you, that'll kill you. It's dead. Yeah. And it was like it, like it was nothing. And yeah, there's crocs out there and um, some people lost, um, when we were racing, uh, lost their fins. They hit turtles. Okay. Um, big, big turtles, like big terrapins that you get in the lakes there, big turtles. Um, and, yeah, that'll knock your, knock your fin, smash your fin off your bottom of your board. But, yeah, there's been seen some crocs and stuff. Uh, we were in, where were we? We were in Mexico 
in Cancun and um, where we were riding in the marina, uh, one of the places I think you just want to walk to one of the bars. There's some areas there, and yeah, there's some photos of like, some crocodiles in and stuff like that, and that was in Mexico. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, so- I don't mind sharks, but. Yeah, a we, lake with crocs and stuff like that. Crocodiles are just more dangerous. I mean, they're like a thousand times more dangerous than sharks. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first time I went to Florida, um, that was the first time I'd ever been to America. And I got to this lake and I uh, met the guys there. And they were like, oh, we're going out wake surfing before, you know, before we have a jet surf and that. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And uh, big signs all around the lake. Do not feed the crocodiles. Do not feed the snakes. Blah, 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 blah. You're like, Okay. And then you, you all of a sudden you're behind a boat bobbing around uh, in murky, real murky, dark water. You can't see your feet, and you're like, "Oh my god!" No, okay. no, no. Do I want to no. be? Do I want to be in here? No, Quick. no, no, no. <laughs> That's madness. Yeah. Every morning before um, we were going to start racing, they'd go around with the jet ski several times around the lake or around the area that we were um, racing in, just to oh, scare to them check. off. Oh, just to yeah. scare them off. Okay, fair enough. Well, yeah. Like that would scare them off. They'll just sit at the bottom and think, yeah, yeah like, they're oh. coming, they're coming. We'll just wait. Yeah. Look how yummy <laughs> this jetty man looks. Mm. You're oh a braver God, man than me, Rui. Yeah. I would definitely not I would do not that. do that, yeah. They got, they, got, they got to catch me on the board first. That's why I try not to fall off. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's why you If you're riding, it's fine. It's the same like kiting when we're in South Africa, even though yeah. we didn't see any sharks and it's not the same thing. But if you get your head about it, you just think, it's fine when I'm riding. Just don't fall off. Off. No? Yeah. <laughs> hilarious. Sorry, I always bring this up. I'm very intrigued every time. Is that one of your go-to questions, no matter who you're interviewing? She she always I'm just talks obsessed about with, sharks with sharks, yeah. Crocodiles, anything that can sort of get you that's in the water. Well, that's not how I see it. Normally... I just like them, and I want to know if people have have encounters and stuff. But we've had a lot of free divers that have had actual, you know, encounters with wildlife. I just I'm fascinated with it. I'm reading a yeah. book. Um, do you know Ocean Ramsey? She's like a free diver that dives with great whites and stuff. She's insane. Wow, she's, yeah. She's also a marine biologist, and yeah, I'm reading a book. So and, I'm and our last, sharks. the last person was on our on our podcast. She was uh, a free diver. Dives with sharks yeah. and stuff like that. So. Free diver, yeah. That's cool. Have you? So yeah, I guess that's the question we always ask. Um, is is there any other water sports? So you do loads of different water sports, and is there yeah. a water sport you haven't tried yet that you'd like to? Try? If it, okay, if you had a lot of time on your hands, because we know you're busy. So imagine if you had loads of time and you could try something new. What would you try? I I keep toying with the idea of trying e-foiling, um, like an electric foil, because I've just started racing them. Um, yeah. I've toyed with sort of getting one over the last couple of years, but. Again, if no one else that you know locally's got one, um, you can go out on your own. Obviously, the learning aspect of it is, you know, really intense. You're, you're learning, you're learning, you're pushing, and every every goal that you set and you achieve is really good. But I kind of see it as one of those things where once you got to grips with it and were comfortable riding around and cruising around and stuff like that, I don't know whether it would have the same appeal, and that's. That's the only reason why I looked at the e-foils because they have started racing them. Um, I think that would be quite cool to 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 race and alongside the jet surf races now they're actually holding an e-foil race um, where two guys go out, they set off half a lap apart and basically race and have to catch each other because obviously you can imagine you don't want to be close to someone with a 
a final. No. <laughs> that would be hard on the legs, right? Not really. Mm-hmm. No. Well, you still need you to keep your chop. balance. Yeah, yeah but, but you, you still kind of... Chop. I don't know. It would be physical. You're still balanced on the knee no. coil, right? No? Not as much. I don't know. I know I've seen it because when we went down to ball for my instructor course... Um, we're in two easy riders, and they have yeah. a They have a few. I mean, yeah, I don't know if they have a few, there. but they've got one at least. Yeah, and we yeah. saw a few guys doing it. They were loving it. Um, one of the kite surfers, Tom Court, is quite mm-hmm. heavily into it. He rides for. He rides, and he went to a couple of the races, and he actually won. I think he won one of the races yeah, in the f- Spain. The first one, wasn't it? Oh, nice. That was right. Yeah, so he's uh, he's well into it, and he loves it. You know, he's a bit of a brand ambassador for them. He's always out on it, dressed in a suit, looking like James Bond, bombing around the harbour. <laughs> so, That's so funny. Uh, is he in pool as well? Yeah. Is Tom Court in pool? Isle of White, isn't he? Isle of White, yeah. Tom, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's something that I would like to try. Um, and that would be my next sort of go-to thing to, to kind of uh, to try, really. But... Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens next season with the jet surfboards and the development of everything um, as it as it progresses. Because the as a factory and as a brand, they are light years ahead of you know they are the original sort of producers of the light single jet surfboard. Um, and yeah, what from what I've seen that they're preparing for the next couple of years and next few years, there's going to be some big developments coming. Which look really exciting. Nice. Can you can you tell us what any of these are? Uh, well, I think I think they're looking at getting into the hydrofoiling market okay. um, brand. Um, but there's also they're also they're highly developing the electric boards um, just because uh, obviously for the um, carbon aspect of it and being able to take them on lakes where you can't use two stroke boards. Yeah. petrol stuff um so they're really really like so hot on trying to improve consistently um the um yeah what do you call it emissions and stuff like that and trying to make everything um green um but yeah i think i think the electric boards and stuff that are going to come in the future are going to put the petrol ones uh, speed wise um they're going to put them to bed um you know, and I think they're already getting like nearly as quick as the petrol two strokes. And I think oh, wow. they're, yeah, the, the electric board um, does probably 30, 35 mile an hour now, um, like the top top ones. Um, and obviously, yeah, there are there are some cheaper um, ones that are coming along the back of the original jet surf ones and stuff um, with different hull shapes and different sort of things. But yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting. Next few years of the sport is going to be very interesting. And I think um, there might be, well, hopefully it'll be one of those sports that grows and um, we've got official UIM um, uh, record recognition. Um, yeah. And that's the same governing body that deals with the Formula One power boating and stuff like that. Um, so it's getting a lot more serious and a lot more involved as a, a recognised sport. And I think the yeah, the sport and the jet surfing is gonna grow really well in the next few years and hopefully one day we might might see it in the Olympics or something like that, and that'd be wicked. Amazing. Yeah, yeah that'd that'd be really be... cool. It's really cool and I'm excited yeah. about the electric side of it, because that could be a point of um I can't remember the expression, but that could turn people off that it's petrol at the moment. 
So if they can yeah. develop it to be more green, it's likely to attract more people. Because that's the thing with other water sports, right? Most, not all water sports, but a lot of water sports like kiting, um, surfing, they're so green in a way because it's just wind powered or human powered and wave powered. So yeah, if it can become more green, that's definitely awesome. Yeah, definitely. That's it. It's like it's like everything. The electric side of stuff is developing. The the bikes, the skateboards, the the cars, the vans. Everything is developing like that. Obviously, people people see the electric side of it, but I personally, um, a lot of a lot of what you sort of see and stuff, electricity has to come from somewhere. So it comes predominantly from a coal powered power station. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. So, but it definitely has its place, like the electric motocross bikes and that that they're being developing and stuff like that. There, everything like that, whether you like it or not, is going to have its place in, um, you know, in the community and in the sort of sports that they're involved in. Mm. Um, with regards to different aspects like the two-stroke engines, you've always got a noise issue, um, and obviously um, you're burning a fuel in water. Um, which a lot of lakes, especially in the UK, there's only like one or two lakes that we can ride on um, because they don't allow two-stroke engines on them. Um, but an electric one, you can pretty much go, yeah, anywhere really because they, they don't emit anything and they're not as noisy as the petrol one. So, you know, you don't get people shouting at you like, uh, <laughs> like rallying around on a load of motocross bikes out the back of your house. Um <laughs> don't get that so uh, so there's definitely gonna be a place for the electric stuff like for sure so what's the difference with the propulsion system with the electric and the and the um the petrol ones then because is it still like a jet sort of uh propulsion or a propeller or something like that yeah basically they have the same sort of dna uh they have a turbine underneath which has an intake similar to a jet ski um but yeah. the hull the hull scallops up to a tunnel which has a turbine in it yeah. and then uh, basically yeah it sucks it and blows it out the back and it's exactly the same as on the petrol one as it is the electric one but the electric one has an electric motor driving it and a battery pack um rather than a two stroke two stroke engine oh wow and then you just got to put up with the weight of the massive lithium batteries. Yeah, the um, the petrol engine surfboards weigh between twenty and twenty one or twenty two kilos, depending on if you have got a full tank of fuel on it. Um, but the electric boards, I think they're around thirty to thirty two kilos. Yeah, uh, battery, which is still you know it's manageable and. Um, but they're noticeably heavy and obviously they ride differently because of the weight of them in the water. So it's a different kind of riding style. Um, but, but yeah, I mean the, the battery power on, on the ones now is really good. They last, you can get half an hour, you know, 40 minutes ride time sort of riding around and stuff. And even a bit longer if you're just cruising around. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting to us. That's all right. No, I wasn't sure if you want to have a board behind me or something like, you know, (laughs) <laughs> uh, we always like a board. We, yeah, always, yeah. we were doing that at one point as well, like putting our boards behind to, uh, to like we, a bit more professional. We we'll yeah, yeah, we'll be like, hey, look, we've got surfboards. We've got surfboards. But, yeah. um, you've, you've got the t shirt on, it works. Yeah. Yeah. Get surf, get surf t shirt. Nice. <laughs> Amazing. Branding. <laughs> but if you, ever, if you ever want someone to go winging with, mate, let me know. I'll come winging with you. 
Yeah, definitely. I've act, I've actually literally just uh, yesterday put all my kit up for sale just as a bundle, just because with the Wake Park now, any time I get, I'm just going to go down there oh, just true. because it's like you know I know I can go, I can turn up, I can ride for a couple of hours and go home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I kind of thought, well, it's been sat in the shed for quite a while. I haven't used it. Um, and yeah, waiting for people and tide and wind and stuff. Um, but yeah, if I uh, if I keep it, mate, it would definitely uh, definitely hook up. That'd be great. Sure. Yeah. Ooh. I need a winging pal. <laughs> yeah, everyone needs a winging pal. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Rui. Yeah, thank and, you. Uh, yeah. No, no problem at all. Really nice to speak to you, and thanks for giving me the opportunity. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this episode with Rui. If you want to see more from him, then please check out the description where you can find links to his social channels. If you like the podcast, then please show us some appreciation and leave us a review and you can rate us on Spotify. If you want to check out anything else we get up to here at Tide, then please head over to our social channels on Instagram and Facebook, or you can check out our website, tidewatersports.co.uk. Thanks for listening. See you there for the next one. Bye.